What's going on, people? It's y'all boy. I can let you back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing? I hope y'all are doing wonderful. But we got a lot to get to today. We got the fact that apparently we're saving a whole lot more money. We got warnings coming from Anthony Fauci. We have some some signs of trying to figure out where exactly are we in the markets. We have Apple's WWDC event where they tried to kill literally everything. And then we have some negative news about Google where they're losing money. Who knew? Like Google losing money. How is that even possible? And some negative things from Trump. And we'll finish up the show with me ranting about a couple of things with Trump and some good news that Amazon is doing. But anyway, before we get into any of that, before we get into any of the topics that we're going to talk about today, I want to start with this. So we've been talking about this Black Lives Matter movement, and we've been talking about why it's important, and on this podcast, we've talked about it a few times, and on every single episode, I've been leaving links in the description of where you can donate towards pushing the movement forward, whether it's with the Equality Equal Justice Initiative, which basically fights for black men who are in, in jail for no reason other than they were black and they were just at the wrong place at the wrong time. And also they're pushing for other things as well. That's one of the ones that I put down there. I also left a link down there for the NAACP as well. So you can, you can donate to those, but something happened on Monday in the Premier League that just kind of brought the issue back to the forefront and reminded us of why it's important. During the match between Burnley and Manchester City, before the game started, a plane flew over the stadium. There was nobody in the stadium, but a plane flew over the stadium that said, white lives matter now for some people they may re- they may react and be like oh that's not a big deal white lives matter but but when you understand the context of what is happening right now you understand that this is not just a subtle message this is very much trying to push against the important message that is being that is being pushed with the black lives matter movement For those who don't understand why it's important for you, there's a lot of people that are arguing over, oh, why should I say Black Lives Matter? It should be All Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter or whatever the freak you wanna say. Let me explain why it's important for you, the person arguing with me, for you to say the words Black Lives Matter. It's important for people to say the words and to see the words repeatedly because over generations upon generations upon generations, It has been proven that black lives don't matter. It has been proven to us that our lives do not matter to anybody in the world. We have been used as slaves. We have been used as the cattle to propel the entire world to free era. Even right now, Africa has been used as a testing and dumping ground for different medicines and different drugs. When something is not used in any other country, guess where they send it to? They send it to Africa. So black people have been seen as unimportant and not vital life. That's why it's important for you and for every single person to say to themselves, black lives matter, because then you can start believing it. Because so far in the world, we haven't seen that black lives matter. We haven't seen a justice to be propelled the same way that is done for everybody else as is done for black people. It's always funny to me whenever I hear, especially when it's it's more hurtful when I hear people from whether it's the Hispanic community 
or from the Muslim community or from the Asian community who, who think that this doesn't matter for them as well. As if the civil rights movement wasn't the reason that a lot of good things have happened in a lot of other communities. As if civil rights movement was not the reason that immigration, the law for immigration was opened up, which we'll talk about immigration later on. But, and the only reason I went into that is because there's a few people that follow me and listen to my podcast that have just said some things that I've talked to them about it. That's why I'm able to talk about it on here as well. But I need y'all to understand This is not a fight about one group of people at all. It's a fight for everybody to see each other as equals. And that's, that's, and that's just key for us to understand. And if we don't, if we don't get to the point of everybody understanding this, we'll be in the same place that we've always been. Anyway, let's get right into the show as we're supposed to do. So the big news today is the fact that apparently you and I, we've been saving a good bit of money. We've been saving a lot of money. How do we know this? So it was reported that the 50 largest U.S. banks, and this is coming out of Axios, the 50 largest U.S. banks added about $1.85 trillion in assets during the first quarter by a report from S&P Global Market Intelligence. That compares to an average of $142 billion in in assets added every quarter dating back to 1999 and an average of a $118 billion increase since 2009. So why, you might be asking, so what does that matter? Like the US bank system added, has so much assets. What does that have to do with it? So here's the thing. This is how the banking system works. The banks themselves do not have any money. The bank is there to loan out to money. So the money that you put in, let's say I put in money into my bank account, into my checking or savings account, the bank uses your money to loan it out to other people. That's why you get an incremental kind of interest on your money if it's just sitting in the bank account. But then again, depending on the bank account that you have, if it's not a high high interest savings account, you don't even see much of that money that you your money that you put in there to use for yourself is being loaned out to other people. So that's why the report of them seeing $1.853 trillion in assets in the first quarter of this year is massive. It's very massive to show that people are actively saving more money. Now, on the other side, this coincides with more news that the banks are also tightening up their belt. Just like we are tightening up our spending and we're not trying to spend too much because of the pandemic that's going on, the banks are also doing the same thing. The banks are reducing the amount of debt that they are sharing with other people or they are loaning out. So, But however, this is also not a good thing because the way that they are reducing it is not by actually loaning out less debt to businesses, is that they're loaning less debt out to individuals who need it right now and also to small businesses. So if we look at the number, commercial and industrial loans rose year over year by 116.8% in March, 170% in April, and 38% in May. This is in large part due to a lot of business drawing on their lines of credit. Overall, consumer loans declined by 25% in May and 42% in April. Credit cards and other revolving plans saw 74% and 43% declines in April and May. Residential real estate loans and real estate loans overall also had a notable decrease about 10 to 15% in May. So just like us, when 
pandemics happens, when recessions happen, just like us, the banking system gets scared and they're like, who can actually pay us back this money? Who do we trust to ensure that they will actually pay us back the money that we are loaning out? And so the banks are deciding, hey, we're going to only loan out this money to big businesses that we know can eventually pay us back, not to the little guys who actually need more of the money. A lot of small businesses are not seeing any of this money. The banks are so scared of loaning out so much money that they're basically just not loaning out to small businesses. And as we know, a lot of small businesses right now are going out, like we've talked about it before, because they couldn't get any of the PPP money to be able to continue their small business. And so they're closing their doors because what are, how can they pay for their workers and how can they keep their business running if they don't have any kind of money on hand? But this is even worse news because it shows that you and I are not spending. And remember, we've talked about it over and over again. Consumer spending makes up 70% of the, of the GDP in the United States. As we always talk about, one man's debt is another man's asset. And we always talk about you spending money is another person's salary. So it's not a good sign for individuals. And unfortunately, just as we talked about, this means that we're going to go through a long haul recession. If people are looking to just save their money more than spend it, it means we're not going to recover fast. It means just like Jerome Powell said last week, we're not going to see a V-shaped recovery. This recovery is going to take some time. But moving on from there and moving into, we're moving on from talking business and individuals. Now we're going into the markets discussion. So what phase are we in in the market? So there's something called, there are five stages of the market, not something called, there are five stages of the markets. Phase one of the market is when we hit bottom. So we did that when the pandemic hit and the market dropped about 30%. And then we have something called the early stage recovery. And in the early stage recovery, we see things like solid underlying fundamentals, abundant bargains for a lot of good stocks, which is what we saw earlier on. And then we had a lot of doubt and reflection ultimately that go against investors. So basically we see like a lot of stocks are cheap when it initially happened, when we have that initial crash. And then we start seeing an early recovery because people are like, oh snap, a lot of these companies are cheap. Let me buy into these companies. But then part of that is also disbelief that we can come out of it. So that's part of the early stage. But then the third stage is called the mid-stage bull market. And in the mid-stage bull market, this is where fundamentals kind of fly out the window a little bit. A lot of hope is filling into the market. A lot of hope and people are expecting like, hey, we're gonna recover, we're gonna recover, we're gonna recover. Have you noticed where I'm going with this? We're gonna recover. So people keep buying into stocks and overbuy into stocks and then it stretches the valuation of the stocks to be way above what is actual, actually real valuations. Like we've been talking about the stock market right now, doesn't make sense, but that's exactly what's happening. And Morgan Stanley did a research and they said, we are in that mid-stage bull market. And then after the mid-stage bull market is something called the peak of the bull market. This is where things, this is the maximum point. This is euphoria, greed, and trying to exploit the system. This is where people get really greedy and trying to buy, 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 because people just believe that things are fine. People just have their blinders on and they're ready to go. However, because of the euphoria and greed, at what goes up must come down. We have the last stage of the market, which is the bear market. This is where things start to fall down again because 
Every, at some point, reality has to set in. Reality has to hit us in the face, slap us in the face and say, hey, this Rona is still going on. What y'all thinking? How y'all still over here valuing the market this high? This Rona is still out here. So that's basically what's happening right now. And speaking of which, Anthony Fauci came out this week and talked about how critical it is for us to tamp out the virus spikes. So this week, Anthony Fauci went before Congress on Tuesday, issuing a plea for people to avoid crowds and wear masks just hours before masks shunning President Donald Trump was set to address a crowd of his young supporters in one hotspot. This is from a news article in AP News. Now, some of the things that Anthony Fauci said was, plan A, this is in quotes, plan A, don't go in a crowd. Plan B, if you do make, if you do go in a crowd, make sure you wear a mask. It feels like a lot of us forgot that this Rona pandemic is still very real. It's still very, like I told you all one time, I said, I went outside, I went out to, to a, a park expecting that nobody would be there because it was a, it was one of my off days and I was like, I don't expect anybody to be there, but it was packed. There were so many people just walking around like there was nothing going on. And I was like, you know what? I can't be here right now. I took myself back home because I just can't do it. So I, I'm, I haven't been going anywhere. According to the AP uh, News article, it says that troubling signs worsened on Tuesday in several states with Arizona, California, Mississippi, Nevada, and Texas setting single day records for new Corona cases. And some governors say they're considering reinstating restrictions or delaying plans to ease up in order to help slow the spread of the virus. Arizona, where Donald Trump is set to have a speech at a Phoenix megachurch, reported 3,600 additional coronavirus infections in one day. This was on Tuesday. Texas has now surpassed 5,000 new cases in a single day and it eclipsed its previous high of 4,000 cases. Other states that are showing some increases are Louisiana, Utah, and South Carolina. So that's crazy, man. It's really, really surging because we're not, people are no longer taking the precautions that are necessary. Everybody just feels like, oh, we're, we're good, right? States are open back up. Oh, it's like, feels like everybody just went from zero to a hundred. There's no in between. It feels like people can't just go anywhere, stay six feet apart, put on a freaking mask. It's not that hard. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. It's not that hard. Sometimes the, the thing is not really for you. It's for other people who might be much more, much more sensitive to this virus. So look out for other people. Put on a mask. If you're going to go anywhere, first of all, if you're not going to pick up groceries, stay in your house. What are you doing? Why are you going to bars right now? Stay at home. Stay at home. And if you have to go anywhere, wear a mask. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard. Wear a mask. Protect others. Help protect others and even yourself. Anyway, sorry. I'm going to get off my, I'm going to get off my uh, high horse. And we're going to keep this show moving. Now to some fun stuff. WWDC just happened on Tuesday. In case you don't know, if you don't know what WWDC, it's an event that Apple always has every year for its software. Basically, it has a software and hardware developer conference that it hosts. It's a week-long conference that it hosts every year. 
And this year, Apple came out ready to like kill everybody. Apple came out ready to take out whoever it was. Apple was like, we're coming out and we bring in the guns. We bring in the guns with up. And Apple started off hot. First of all, they came for Android. First of all, anybody who out here wants to say, oh my God, look at what Apple made. They are doing all this creative stuff. Apple copied everything from Android. Like literally everything they annoyed, announced about iOS 14 was from Android, from app drawers to widgets, something that people have been asking them to do for years, to widgets, to the smart uh, widget that they, they're adding to, to their thing where it's going to change based on if you have an appointment, what the weather is outside, how far it is to get to work, all these stuff. You know how long I've had that thing on my phone? For like three years, three years I've had that thing on my phone. So please, just calm down, calm down. Like people just be out here praising Apple to the high heavens for coming up with the greatest things ever. When really, they've been behind for so long, for so freaking long. <sighs> I'ma pause. I'ma relax. As you guys know, I'm a major tech head. And so, this is one of the reasons I don't like Apple. It's not really about Apple themselves. It's about all the fanboys around Apple. It's about all the people who say stupid stuff about Apple. And it's just like, it's just really annoying. I really shouldn't look on Twitter after Apple events. I really should not. Because then you have all these Apple fanboys like praising Apple like the, the greatest things to slice bread. It's just super annoying. It just, ah, ah, it just makes me, ah, ugh. But there was two cool things that Apple announced with iOS 14 that I found very cool. One was the way that it's handling privacy. Like, Apple is handling privacy so well. Like, so well. Like, the way it's handling privacy, basically, it's creating privacy in a way where you get to pick and choose how you show your data or how you share your data with any of the apps you use. One of the coolest things that they showed off when they were talking about privacy was like, you can either show your exact location to an app or you can give it an approximate location. That is massive. That is so massive. The other thing was like, it can you can choose what app can track you when you exit the app. In case you all don't know, let me teach you how Facebook as one of the biggest culprits of this works. You may exit the app of Facebook. This is why I don't use Facebook on my phone. You may exit out of that Facebook app, but I guess I use Instagram, so it doesn't really matter. But anyway, you may exit out of the Facebook or Instagram app, but when you go in, let's say you go on Google and you just search, that's this is why when you go on Google and you search something like face mask, all of a sudden when you go back into, into your Instagram, all of a sudden you start seeing advertisements for face masks, face mask, because it tracks wherever you go. It gives you, it basically does like a, gives you a cookie trail. Remember whenever it says cookies, on your web browsers where it's like, we're going to have some cookies. Basically, it's the way that it can track you when it goes to different locations. What Apple is doing is saying, you get to choose what app can track you. You get to see what all apps are doing and are tracking you when you exit out of the app. That is massive. If there's one thing I appreciate about Apple so much, it's literally this, it's the fact that they take privacy concerns so, so, so seriously, so seriously. And that's one thing I love. And then the other thing they showed off that was super cool was a feature called Car Key. It was, um, it, it, it blew my mind. Like basically it's something that I've wanted for the longest time. 
I have wanted this for the longest time. Basically, it's where I don't have to carry keys anymore. I don't have to carry a key. Like, I can just have my phone. I can walk up to my car, it'll unlock, and I can start my car. Yo, I cannot wait for this. I mean, right now, it's only with one car. It's the BMW 5 Series, which is a super expensive car. But when this series, when this feature becomes mainstream, where it's not just Apple that has it, but everybody has it on different platforms, Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. I legit cannot wait for this thing because I want to live in a life where I don't have to carry anything other than my phone. I don't want to carry a wallet. I don't want to carry my driver's license. I don't want to carry keys to my house. I want to be able to unlock everything with either my voice or my thumbnail or my, I said thumbnail, good gosh, or my, my fingerprint or any of my other biometrics that I have. I don't want to have to have keys we are in 2020 we should be much more advanced by this by now like come on now come on self-tying shoes and everything we're so behind we're so behind and then the final thing that apple came for was apple came for intel apple was like yo we're building our own chips now what's up so they announced that as of 2021 they're gonna start building macbooks with their own chips which they're gonna call apple silicon which is I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty lame. That's a lame name. It's a lame name. But the main reason that they're doing this is they want more control over their supply chain. They want more control over how their devices are optimized. Right now, Apple uses its own chip for the its own chips for the iPhone, for the iPad, for the earbuds, air, what is it? AirPods, 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 uh, for the Beats headphones and everything else they make. They basically use their own chips. And so now they're trying to go from using their own chips for those subset of things and moving into computers. Now, this is a big deal for Intel because Intel is a major, major partner with Apple. And if Apple is moving away from Intel to use its own chips and its Mac computers, that's a big deal. Now, part of this is because of Intel. This is on Intel's, this is Intel's fault because Intel started nuking their own chips, started nerfing their own chips and making it not as strong as it can possibly be. So maybe this will kick Intel's butt and then Intel flex its muscles a little bit more and show Apple that, hey, we're king. Like we still know how to make good, powerful chips. So hopefully we'll see that in the future, but that's the cool thing. But the main thing that you should note about what Apple is doing, it comes down to four parts. What Apple is trying to do is in four parts. One, data minimization. They don't want your data to be in so many different people's hands. They want to own your data, protect your data, and then use it the way that they want to use it. So that's why they have the high walled garden. Two, on device intelligence. They want their devices to be as smart as possible and as fast as possible, which is why that they're building their own chips. Three, security protections. Again, it goes back to that data. It's why Apple is one, that's why most enterprises uses Apple iPhones because they know that Apple will protect their information. And four, transparency and control. They want you to know what all these apps are trying to have been hiding from you as to the way that they they take your data and then they sell off your data. So those are the four big things that you have to think about whenever you look at anything that has to do with Apple is the fact that the main thing is they just want to control everything in the line of their products and they want their products to work seamlessly together. That's why once you get into the high wall of gar high walled garden of Apple, if you get an iPhone, you get an Apple watch, you get a MacBook. In fact, if you get an iPhone and an Apple watch, you're in the high walled garden. There's no way you're going to look at anything else for headphones other than AirPods. There's no way you're not going to want to get a 
a MacBook or an iPad to go along with it. And that's the high walled garden. It's very safe in the high walled garden of Apple. You never get choices, but it's very safe for your data and your information in the high walled garden. And it's the only way they can keep it safe is to hide that high walled garden. Anyway, moving on from Apple to another part of the big five tech companies. Actually, we're going to hit on three of the five tech companies in this video. And the next one is Google. For the first time ever, like in the history of time that Google has existed, it actually had a drop in ad revenue. Somebody blow the sirens. This is impossible. I'm just kidding. But Google will see a 5.3% drop in U.S. advertising revenue in 2020. This is a prediction by eMarketer, making this the first decline in ad revenue since 2008 when it began the, the model of ad revenue, which is crazy. That is great. This has never happened. Like this is Google. Google is like the ultimate advertiser. Like everybody, whether it's Google or whether it's YouTube, it is the greatest advertiser, but it's going to see a drop. Now, don't go crying in the river for Google. I mean, last year they made 40 billion in ad revenue. And then this year it's just going to decline to like 41.8 billion. So don't cry about Google. Don't start a GoFundMe for them. They're fine. Google is fine. However, the bigger, the bigger point is the fact that this now opens way for others to jump into the ad space, namely Amazon. Amazon has been slowly building its own ad revenue over the years and has been slowly building its ad platform over the years. And it's in, I mean, it's very much in third place. I mean, it only has about 8% market share of ad revenue right now with the others going to Google and Facebook. But now that the market is going to shift a little bit because Google is not going to capitalize because of what's going on with the pandemic right now, Amazon is just going to slowly chip away at Google's massive, massive stake in ads. It would usually have been Facebook, but Facebook right now is dealing with its own issues with the way that it's responded during the whole Black Lives Matter movement. And a lot of companies are pulling their ads away from Facebook. So we'll see how that plays out. But Amazon is slowly going to chip away at that market share. As of this year, Google had 31.6% in ad revenue in ad distribution or in the in the piece of the pie of ad revenues facebook had 22.7 and amazon had 17 7.8 percent next year is expected that that's going to decline to 29.4 for google and increase to 23.4 for facebook and 9.5 for amazon so never has it been said before that google loses money like it just doesn't happen when it comes to ad google doesn't lose money it's a it's a double digit growth every year for google but that's that's the main news now let's move into me ranting about something and it's about the fact that donald trump just signed an order to freeze visas for foreign workers through the end of the year he signed an order that is going to block h1b's which is for tech workers and high skilled worker H2Bs, which is for some low jobs, H4s, J visas, and L visas. And I'm gonna rant. And I'm pissed. Because this move was the dumbest move. And for anybody who is talking out here and saying this is actually gonna help American jobs, stop bullshitting yourself. Stop bullshitting yourself. There are 20 million people that are unemployed. 80,000 people a year is allowed to come into the United States 
for on H-1Bs visas. When you combine H-2B visas, H-4G visas, J visas, and L visas, that's about 500,000 jobs. How does that affect the 40 million people that are unemployed? Other than just blocking and using this as an opportunity for you to just push your agenda. If you're being honest, this was not anything to help the American public. This was him playing to his his main base, his main base that hates anything that is not white and US. This blocking of visa is just another move that Trump has used during this whole coronavirus as an easy way for him to excuse actually helping people for his own political game. It's just stupid. It doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help the US economy because guess what? If you're removing the US from playing on a global scale, from being able to get talent, because guess what? In case most people don't know, most tech jobs that require higher level degrees cannot be filled from US citizens. You know why? Because most US citizens are not willing to do any post doctorate degree that isn't an MBA. Most US citizens start working and they're not looking to go back to school for something in a PhD program to do with computer science or engineering or medicine. Why do you think that most of your doctors are not American but actually are Indian or Nigerian? Have you ever wondered that? So this move is literally the dumbest thing I have ever heard. The dumbest thing I have ever seen. It is so plain, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. It makes absolutely no sense at all. He's losing all kinds of power and this is his little power play to try and gain some kind of supporters. Just so stupid, so just stupid. Anyway, the last thing I'm gonna talk about is Amazon. Amazon is actually doing something to help in the fight against climate change. Amazon launched a two billion investment fund to help call the new climate pledge fund and Amazon is going to basically it's a venture capital fund that is going to invest in companies that develop ways to reduce carbon emissions. Jeff Bezos said that companies from around the world of all sizes and stages will be considered from pre-product startups to well-established enterprises. Each prospective investment will be judged on its potential to accelerate the path to carp to zero carbon and help protect the planet for future generations. This is good news because Amazon is one of the biggest polluters in the world. It's it's on Amazon alone contributes the size of Finland's CO2 to the to the world. So this is good news and it's good to see this kind of thing happening. And I hope we see more and more of it. Like I said, when BlackRock made that move it was going to reverberate throughout the industry. And it's good to see more and more people playing a role in this. But anyway, let's do a quick recap of everything that we talked about today. First, we talked about the fact that you and I, apparently we're saving a whole lot more money. We know this because banks added $1.8 trillion in the deposit. And the way banks work is they don't have that much money on their own. They use your money to loan out to other people. Next, we talked about Anthony Fauci, who talked about the fact that the virus has not gone anywhere. And if you're going to leave your house, wear a mask, wear a mask. You should probably not leave your house, but wear a mask. And then we talked about what Apple is doing and how Apple is coming for everybody, trying to kill 
everything, trying to be the dominant force in the world and some of the cool features that they have. We talked about Google and it's losing market share to Facebook and Amazon and it actually had a decline in revenue this year due to the pandemic. And then we finished off talking about Trump and his new order to kind of shut shut off some people from the country. And we talked about Amazon's new climate change fund. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all today. It's been your boy Kaichi. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this. I apologize for the rants. I apologize for getting upset. It's just super annoying seeing some stupid moves being made, basically for one man to hold on to some power that he shouldn't even have because you're elected by the public. You're supposed to be helping the people, not yourself. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's always a political thing. People are always doing stupid stuff when they get a little bit of taste of power. But anyway, always remember, generosity is greater than greed. And that's all I got for y'all. Wash your hands. It's me, your boy, Kalichi, and I'm going to hit y'all off on the next one. Peace.